listening to episode 186 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we begin our look at the Netflix Showcase Canada co-production Travelers, starring Eric McCormick. So, you've had a busy night already. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, starting driver's ed. Oh, my not, God. Yeah, well, you, me, my son, not me. Well, it sounds like you also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had to go to the first class, and so you know, basically had to sit through an hour and a half of reminding me uh, the rules of driving. It was awesome. Rule number one, be calm. Yeah. <laughs> be calm. All right. Yeah, good All right. luck well, with that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we get into Travelers, as always, uh, love to hear from you via email, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab, which somebody did this week. Yeah. You can also record your own audio clip, send us the MP3 as an attachment or tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch. And we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group, join the discussions there. And, you know, we're slowly adding people to the Facebook group. We're getting really close to a hundred. Really? Yeah, too nice. bad we don't have some sort of prize to give away to whoever's the hundredth member of the group. First, but, we take Manhattan, then we'll take Berlin. There we go. All right. So, uh, and in some sci-fi news, on February eighth, twenty seventeen, Netflix and Showcase renewed Travelers for a second season, with production due to begin March twenty seventeen, ahead of the premiere later in twenty seventeen, and that'll appear again first on showcase in canada and obviously wayne we're used to that with lost girl sure uh continuum uh so nothing nothing new yeah i don't think it's a great idea still but yeah hey well keep plugging away yeah i mean i guess i get it in that uh, on the one hand i mean certainly with lost girl and i guess continuum they footed uh, you know, all the production costs. So uh, of course we're going to get to air it first, but yeah, like you said, I mean, most people find a way to watch it. So, yeah, I guess people that make more money than we do make those decisions. So so. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean they're smarter than we are, but no, definitely doesn't. But Hey, you know, what are you going to do? Yep. Well, we did get a piece of listener feedback this week, and it was in audio format. Yeah. It's been a while. And Elena, checked in so let's take a look listen to what she had to say and then uh and i'll turn it over to you so check it out hey guys it's elena just finished your podcast thanks for all the laughs that was pretty great i was quite literally booing and screaming during your choices so my poor neighbors probably hate me now anyway i took some notes uh as one does because i have some issues with some of the things that you guys picked and said so wayne let's start out with poo-pooing how many times are you gonna say poo-poo during the uh, podcast that was great thanks also Data, not an Android. Are you kidding me? Fix yourself. So Flight of the Navigator, I'm really disappointed. You guys haven't seen that. That's ridiculous. It's 80s freaking classic. Um, let's see. Lexa Doig, Vit, you should ask her to the prom. I'm sure she'll say yes. Five, are you always kidding me? Five is the poor man's Kaylee. We've discussed this. Kaylee can diagnose an engine on her freaking back, right? It's like every man's dream. Jesus. Uh, solid choice on Scully. I really am angry we did discuss X-Files more when I was there. What an amazing show. I screamed when Wayne said Mal, and yes, it was about damn time. No, definitely not the red shirt. Nice pulling in Marvin. Hitchhikers is great. Uh, I don't have an opinion on Starbuck yet because I still haven't watched it, but I finally got my hands on every episode, and I'm saving them for my surgery recovery time. It's going to be really great. I'm excited. Underwhelmed by both your utility picks. And Vit, Klingon? Seriously? It's like freaking traitorous. Uh and I didn't get to finish my note because you said Star Wars and I freaked out and I scribbled it out. So shame on you. Get your crap together. 
Traveler is freaking amazing. I'm really excited for that podcast. I'm dying waiting for the next season. And then Wayne, we have to talk about Sherlock because that is a damn mess. Bye, guys. All right. So uh, I think she was okay with me. Uh, you, you want to defend yourself? <laughs> I stand by my choices. She, I, I, you know, whatever. She, she's, you know, everyone, I, the, though I do, when she said uh, for me to, that I repeat the words poo poo too much, like, I, that's something that obviously I should maybe be more aware of my saying poo poo. I've just said it twice now, so I'll stop it. But, uh, you know, when I'm listening to podcasts, you tend to pick up, like, sometimes the podcasters will repeat, like, a, a word or phrase, and they'll say it a lot. And after a while, it's like, okay, it's starting to get annoying. Stop saying that. <laughs> well, I, I've had things where I've written them down and I'll have it right on my laptop in front of me. And, and it, sometimes it still doesn't work, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, so like the, like the, the phrase on the nose, for example, I, for some reason, all of a sudden, like it seemed like in the past year, that phrase is cropping up across podcast you know? And yeah. It, it's like. No, I don't care for it very much. My, my pet peeve. That being said, yeah, right. Yeah, why do you need being? That right. said, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, That's and cliche. I know. Well, it is, and I know I do use that one a fair amount. Although I leave the being out of it, but uh, anyway, so that we don't digress too far. Let's uh, yeah, talk it's good about. Good to hear Elena's voice again. I miss, it, miss talking to her. Well, I, I played it for my wife and. She said, well, does Wayne say that a lot? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. Every other word that comes out. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to talk about travelers. And, you know, for me, the first thing that got my attention was the fact that it was created by Brad Wright, who was the mastermind behind the Stargate franchise, uh, Stargate SG-1, Atlantis, and Stargate Universe, which I'm still working my way through. I'm about halfway through season two. And for you, you just saw the SG-1 pilot that we just pilot, looked at. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And you didn't really watch Atlantis or Universe. Um, no, yeah, no, I no. mean, they're good. You know, uh, I mean, I thought SG-1 was great. I'm enjoying Universe. At some point, I may go back and look at Atlantis when I get a chance. But either way, Brad Wright's the responsible party in this case. And we're going to look at episode one, season one, titled Travelers. And, and Brad Wright wrote this episode. Now, you're going to like this. It was directed by Nick Huron, who it didn't mean anything to me, but then I looked it up. He directed all three episodes of Childhood's End, which we Ah, podcasted with Michael. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who, five episodes. The Girl Who Waited. Oh, God Complex. Another good one. Asylum of the Daleks. Oh, fantastic one. Angels Take Manhattan. Awesome one. Day of the Doctor. What? Wow. And he also did two episodes of Sherlock. And and, and wow. I guess that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think there's only nine episodes. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> so That's almost a quarter of the canon. Exactly. So this one aired originally October 17th, 2016 on Showcase in Canada. And as we said, in the U.S., it dropped all at once. I believe it was December 21st. So, And, and the interesting thing, when it dropped all at once in the U.S., Canada still hadn't seen the last episode, maybe the last two episodes. Well, if they had Netflix, then they could. Well, but I wonder what Netflix Canada, you know, because they are different from what I right. understand. That's true, true that. So, anyway. Well, I assume uh, it was, you know, they didn't put it on Netflix Canada. 
yet, right? Um, you know, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Probably yeah. not because it was on Showcase. So right. I, don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who but, knows? Uh, Who knows? All right. Now, in, in the interest of full disclosure, and this is certainly not the first time this has happened, and it's it's gone both ways with uh, the two of us, I have seen Travelers. Wayne has not. Well, so, I, I've seen the first episode. Well, you've seen it now, but I had already seen it, and I've seen the entire season. So, you know, as we go through episode by episode, I know what's going to happen, but and I'm certainly not going to spoil for you or for the listeners. But it it does like any show that that this occurs, it gives you a chance to notice things that you didn't really notice before, and that now have meaning that that didn't before. So, <laughs> I'll try to you know kind of walk carefully on those sorts of details but you know my first initial thought and 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 it's as true now as it was at the beginning of the show is that it's a time travel tale and anytime the writers oh wait we should say if you have not actually seen travelers then you should definitely stop listening right now good point spoiler alert so there's gonna be a lot of spoilers yes now the writers have to be careful because the come back from the future to prevent their catastrophic future. I mean, has been done many times, Terminator, 12 monkeys continuum. So, you know, how they handle that is really something that I think, you know, fans of time travel, which obviously both of us are, uh, you know, we're going to be pretty judgmental. So there, there is that. Right. Yeah. Yep. And there's, you know, also, which, you know, the 12 monkeys was big into like the, you know, when I say Oedipus complex, I mean where you end up trying to avoid your fate, you actually bring it about, right? Yeah, absolutely, and 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 again, that's to me that's that's fascinating to see how people handle that, and and that's one of the strongest plot points in Twelve Monkeys. Uh, you know, the whole idea—I can't think of the guy's name—that uh, you know that that he wants to Cole. Uh, no, the other guy that, that will lose his son. Oh yeah, that dude. Um, right. But so in this episode, you know, it's funny because we mentioned the uh, uh, fact that that we know Elena, we used to work with her and, and, uh, you know, so certainly we talk about these things quite a bit. And anytime you recommend a show, which obviously we we all do, and I'm sure you guys out there recommend shows to your friends, that first episode is critical to drawing them in. Uh, so, So any initial thoughts for you? with this your first viewing um well my first thought was like like right from the start i'm like could this even have been made before sense8 was made because maybe it's just also netflix too i mean just the the mood the darkness the with the four different i mean obviously there's eight people in sense8 uh but you know the different people and every like there's like uh people who are connected but separate and things like that it's just so much of it seemed like reminded me of sense8 Okay. I'm not saying it's derivative. I'm just saying that there was just a lot that reminded me of it. Okay. No question. And, and you know, that was one. Now, did you watch all of Sense8? Yeah. And the Christmas episode. It was, wow. See, that, I think that's another one that I'm going to have to go back so and give it good. another chance. It's so good, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I, I've certainly read enough, you know, and heard enough that, that yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely something. But I, I think one of the things that can happen, and again, watching it again, I can see somebody saying that the opening's a little drawn out as we're introduced to not only the characters, but as you just said, that they're tied together somehow. 
And right, yeah, you know, like I'm watching it with my son Brendan, and he's like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, Well, I don't either. I think that's the point, <laughs> you know, we're not supposed to know what's going on, you know, and uh, because you know, you see the girl and she hits her head, and it says time of death, and it right. starts counting down, right? And you're like, What? He's like, What's going on? I think I was like, At first, I said, I think she just died when she hit her head. And I'm like, Oh, wait, no, it's counting down. Oh, she's going to die, and then. She like gets back up and kicks the crap out of those guys. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know what's going on now. Well, right. And that's the first thing that you've got to come to grips with is that countdown. And then when it gets to zero, you know, and the last maybe five seconds or so, the, the, each individual is screaming in pain as if they're having an aneurysm or right, something. Right. It, well, and the, the, did you notice that the, uh, the timer goes to red in like the last 10 seconds or so? Right. And then when it gets to zero, the red goes away, and then right. suddenly they're fine. Yeah. And then as you- And they're you, different. Right. Now, Marcy, who is the, the girl in the opening scene, uh, you know, and we'll talk about that in a second, she lays out, I mean, we might as well just throw it out there now, right? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you heeded Wayne's uh, we, warning- I, I feel, I, we, we told them once, dude, if they're still listening, they deserve everything they get. Right. So- Marcy later in the episode lays out what the issue, what the premise is. And she says, in our time, many years from now, humanity's been all but wiped out. So we don't really find out what wiped them out. You know, 12 monkeys, we know it's the virus. Right. Terminator, we know it's the machines. So we don't really know what it is. But it's always us, right? It's always like humanity does it themselves in, right? Right. And then she says, we've come back to change that. Okay. As we said earlier, we've seen this. There are thousands of travelers already here taking part. In the future, we've developed a technology that allows a traveler to project his or her conscious mind into a host body by by knowing the precise time, elevation, latitude, and longitude of their death. The tell. So now we know, you know, what the countdown's all about. Right. A traveler's consciousness arrives moments before that historical time of death, overriding the original host's mind, then resumes his or her life by using their knowledge of historical records and social media. And and that's what's so fascinating, I think, is that when when you take time to consider what she said, so it appears that they have not only their own thoughts and memories— but the thoughts and memories of the person whose body they're inhabiting. So it's like they're two people. Well, I don't know. See, that, that, all right, that's, that's a good point there because when she said their you know, memories and everything, I think she meant the people from the future because like the, like the high school kid, like none of them know anything about their, their lives at all. Like well, the, well, well, the before. Well, that's true. Yeah, actually, that makes far so more I, sense. So I was, so I'm, but I'm not sure because when she said that, I was like, "Oh, does she mean? Does she mean the memories of the people from the future, or the memories of the?" I'm like, "It's got to be the people from the future because none of them have a clue about who they are or what their lives are here and now." Right? Well, right, and and in fact, what what just solidifies what you're just saying is is, is of course uh, when Marcy, uh, not Marcy, when uh, Carly has to go on the internet to look up how to take care of an infant right right. which clearly she knew how to do before the override 
So now the other thing in terms of initial thoughts, all the travelers seem to have fighting skills, which I, you know, ordinarily if we, if I said something like that in the course of the podcast, I'd be kind of making light of it, but here it really is critical to who they are and why they're here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we assume that they were, you know, chosen, right. And, and that they were trained. Yeah. Because they all like are on mission, like right from word one. Right. Now, the opening scene, we see the young woman that we've mentioned, Marcy, and she's obviously intellectually challenged, right? And she's working as a custodian in a, it turns out to be a library. And, and we see her just struggling to read this, this, I, I don't know, again, you know, what, what do you think? Like something for a, a first grader or maybe was, even lower? Yeah, it was definitely a, yeah, a very early reading book. Yeah. And she's struggling with it. So, so we, we, get the idea that she's somehow uh, intellectually challenged. But you kind of get the, that she's really like sweet too. Like, a, a, absolutely. You know. And, and not totally incompetent because that coworker who talks to her as she's leaving, you sure you're going to be okay. And, and, and Marcy acknowledges that she'll be fine. And then Marcy observes her coworker being assaulted by four men as she tries to go home. And it's Marcy God bless her, that comes to her aid, gets assaulted herself, and that's when you mentioned she hits her head. Right. But consequently, we see the time of death countdown on the screen, and this is the first time we see it. Right. And as you mentioned, it reaches zero. She's obviously in pain. She doesn't die, and it's as if she's been transformed, speaks normally, and then kicks the asses of the four thugs. Yes, she does. So at this point, we're still... Okay. Don't know what's going on, but uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, so at this point, I I thought that and, – and actually, at some point, either you told me the basic premise of this or I heard about it or something. I think – what was it? The third, the third kid, the kid about the, who's uh, shooting up the heroin. Uh, Philip. Right. That um, that's where I was like, oh, I, now I kind of remember what the premise of the show is, you know. But at first, before undiluted by previous memory, uh, I was thinking, well, maybe they like they die, but they're like resurrected and they come back like as some super kick-ass soldier or something, you know. Like I don't know, it was, but uh, you know, th- but that's great. I, I, you know, how many times you're watching something where you truly like have no clue what's going on? I love it. I love when that happens, you know, because I'm like. Oh, I really don't know what's going to happen or, or what the deal is here. And I'm, I'm so I'm psyched to find out. Right. So, I mean, why don't we go ahead and just follow and take a look at each character individually? Because well, before, really let me take a, a shout out to yeah. uh, the the actress Mackenzie Porter, who uh, played Marcy, who plays Marcy, um, because she was uh, had a pretty decent part on Hell on Wheels. Uh, she played... Um, Bohannon's uh, erstwhile Mormon wife, a girl he he knocks her up and then uh, you know, spends large part of one of the seasons trying to get back to her and everything. So anyway, okay, she's know, a good actress, and I think she's also a musician. I believe she plays yeah. the uh, violin and sings, kind of you know, not really country, but sort of like uh, some sort of a hybrid country rock sort of. You know, I've listened to a couple of her YouTube videos. Just so after the incident with the thugs, we see Marcy the first time this guy named David comes to see her. She answers the door and she's naked and yeah. she seems out of it. 
doesn't know what's appropriate, which again, now this is not the intellectually challenged Marcy. This is the Marcy that right. has come from the future. Which leads me to say, like, why, what's with the nudity? Right. Is nudity perfectly okay but in the future? And because what kind of future are they coming from that, right. you know, it's right. Supposedly the human race is what, what dying out. I mean, we don't necessarily or, know. Yeah, or all but, right. Well, it, but it doesn't seem like any of the other characters have this issue with clothes. Like the others seem to understand that you wear clothes. Well, that you wear clothes. Right. I mean, this she is doesn't a, get it. But, but you know, maybe in the future, she just like to sleep in the nude. You know, who knows? Well, I mean, it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger coming through in the Terminator. Right. And uh, that, you know, needs to, even he has the good sense to find some clothes. Yeah. Bill Paxton was one of those first guys that he, he beat up. Oh, okay. Well, David seems surprised not only that she's naked, but that she's clearly able to read competently. And, and, and again, we're starting to, I don't even want to say put two and two together at this point, because we're still pretty confused as yeah. to what's going on. Yep. I mean, did the blow to the head cause this? Is this right. sort of like a reverse process? I mean, we certainly know that a blow to the head could have the opposite effect, but he takes her to a speech pathologist, and we find out that he's her social worker and has been for over a year. And it's pretty clear that he's got, um, you know, I mean, certainly an emotional attachment to her. But you you wonder if during the course of this past year, whether it was romantic at all because of her intellectual capabilities. Well, I, you know, he's like, you know, I'm I'm not your boyfriend, you know, so. Uh, Marcy has felt a connection to, to to David over the past year, but you know he's like, no, you know, no, it's it's not, you know, like he we we don't see any hanky panky or or you know shoddiness on his part, right? Because clearly he's in the driver's seat. He could take advantage of her if he wants, but it it, it appears that nothing even remotely like that, as you as right. you allude. But I like what they do here because so many times in shows. You, uh, one character tells another character something and that character doesn't believe it. And you're thinking like, well, just show them the tape, just show them the tape. <laughs> and that's what they do. They show her a video of her trying to read in her previous state. So now I guess she's putting two and two together because she knows she's a traveler and you know, they know which bodies they're inhabiting. And at this point, did she not know she was going to be inhabiting the body of an intellectually challenged young woman. Right, which uh, they, they seem to know a lot, you know, so that it seems crazy that they didn't know that, you know? Right, right. Now, I guess on the one hand, it, it wouldn't impair Marcy's ability to do her job as a traveler, but it would raise the possibility of a lot of questions that she suddenly... Well, it, but... But there is, she said something about like there's like too much damage or something like. So yeah, she says, "Why is this body so tired?" Right. So that, it seems like maybe it is kind of you know affecting. Right. So you know, I, I guess it's possible they just made a mistake, but they certainly had the time of death because we assume that blow to the head was going to kill her. But she does have a seizure, which is how she ends up in the hospital. And then tells David that she has important work to do and just does the thing we've seen a million times, yanks out her IV and right. walks out of the hospital. Yeah. 
So, of but you're really that, kind of surprised she did already do that, right? Right. Now, I, I don't know about you, and it's she's my favorite character so far, along with FBI agent Grant McLaren. Well, who we'll get yeah. to in a little bit. Who? I he looked familiar. Will he, and Grace. His name is Will. Yeah. I mean, I never watched that show, so but I mean, like I was like, I do look familiar. And I just looked up and like, oh my god, <laughs> he was Will and Will and Grace. Like, what the hell? I mean, just real briefly. Has there been a more insipid show than Will and Grace? You said you didn't see I, it, I, dude. I literally oh. don't like. I mean, obviously, I knew of it because it was a huge show, right? Yeah. And I would recognize, you know, like, I mean, I didn't recognize him right away, but you know, now that I I see that, you know, like, I brought it together, but but I don't think I ever saw like a second of that show. That to, I definitely never do- sat through a, a whole uh, episode. They're doing a reboot. Are you serious? That's what I read. Get out of here. Oh. I don't know. Like, I mean, it was very popular. There might have been something to it. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't watching it. So you know, I'm sure it'll bring them a nice payday and you know, what the right. heck, go for it. Yeah. So all right. Well, speaking of paydays. I mean, why we, come up with a new idea, right? Sure. We we get introduced to a character named Trevor, and we see him in this underground cage match, and he's getting his ass kicked. Yes. And that's when we see his countdown beginning. And again, now, you know, you know, having pieced things together, knowing what we know, clearly he was going to die from a blow to the head. However, for him, upon reaching zero and rising, we're thinking like, well, is he going to suddenly go over and kick that guy's ass? But no, he concedes the match. Yeah, I like that. Was, yeah, like, I did I like could, that, too. I mean, it's totally unexpected. Yeah. However, he does suffer a concussion, a broken hand, and we learn that he's the star high school quarterback. And his dad is pretty pissed that he's going to lose his scholarship. So one of the things that that I think I find interesting here is that, well, number one, the fact that Trevor has a hot girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. That he and, you know. and realizes he that she can help him recover his memories, which again, it goes back to what you were talking about at the top of the show that, that he realizes, you know, not that I have a hot girlfriend who can do other things, I suppose, but that she can help me recover my memories. And right. So, you know, we'll see where that goes, but the relationship he has with both his parents who obviously he doesn't know. And that's one of the fascinating things I think that comes out of this episode is that you realize each of these characters is going to have to learn a totally new life while not giving themselves away. Right. Because at the end of it, I mean, what would they say? Well, I'm actually not your boyfriend. I'm a traveler from the future who's in ha- Yeah, sure. Okay. That's <laughs> going to then that's going to end up like Bruce Willis in 12 Monkeys. Right. Right. They're going to put him in a mental institution. Uh, so we've got Trevor. Now, you mentioned Philip Pearson, who is the junkie, which then goes back to beg the question, why would they choose a junkie to have one of their travels? Because he inherits right. his addiction. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess we could, you know, how did each of these get, you know, because like with the, the police officer, he's like, you know, we were considering you as a host. But so why why was he rejected? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously. No, you're the, talking about the older detective, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you recognize that, him? Again, he looked so familiar. Who was it? I meant to look him up. I think it's Walter from Dark Angel. 
Really? Yeah, I think so. God, I can't believe I didn't look it up. Every time I see him, I think that's Walter. I got to look. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I have to look that up. But 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 yeah, I mean, look, we know Philip's going to die from an overdose. So again, maybe they were desperate for a, a host that died around the same time because you could see all of these people uh, came through within a couple hours of each other. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, we don't know that. Right? I mean, we just assume that because of the, the, the way. Um, well, no, I think there was a digital clock or something that, that on, the, on the screen, I think it had the time time okay. of death or something like that. And I think they were all like within a couple hours of each other, but, but regardless, I mean, it, it, it seems pretty clear that Philip would have died. Had the traveler not come and inhabited the body. Right. Well, as all of them. Well, right, right, right. Exactly. So, well, it turns out, you know, we see Philip at a computer terminal and he inputs traveler 3326 confirmed. And that's the first, I think, inkling and the first time we hear the word traveler, the first time we associate a number with a particular traveler. And he's interrupted by the detective who informs him his roommate's dead. And then he, you know, the the detective's talking to him and then he says that you have no idea where I'm from. I should have said when I'm from, but I guess he didn't want to send off too many. Right, right. Too many alarm bells. Don't give up too much. Yeah. But you gotta love his court-appointed attorney. Yeah, yeah that that dude I recognized. Right, Ian Tracy. Ian Tracy. Right, first saw him in Sanctuary. Yep. Uh, he's been in. He. I mean, he's all. He's just in everything. I think. I think if there is any kind of genre show, he's gonna have at least. He's gonna be in one episode somewhere along the lines. Yeah, I, I mean, you got Roger Cross. You got Brian Markinson. Uh, you got Tamo Pennicott. But yeah. Ian Tracy, I mean, he's starting to get into the conversation here. Yeah, he you know, for the sci-fi guy that appears in everything. Yeah, he's, but he's 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 in the, he was in uh, Hell on Wheels. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's been in all all kinds of stuff. But yeah, and and he was like you know on the um when he played Jason in uh, Continuum. I mean, he was just he was just awesome. You know. He's, yeah. He's yeah. he's so he's so like Canadian, you know. It just <laughs> well, you know, we we see at this point that Philip's up to something, and the next thing you know, Philip's giving him tips on horses. Of course, the long shots win, and at this point, we still don't know. You know that that whole passage I read from Marcy that that lays out the premise of the show. We don't know that yet, but. Now we're starting to get, you know, some sort of an idea. Okay, maybe he's from the future. That's why he he knows what's going to happen, not unlike 112363 where he's got the little notebook and he goes and places his bets on right, sporting right, events right, 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 to yeah. make some money. So he tells him 112263. 112. So, so the guy you'd, says you'd be a day late. You'd be like, yeah. "Ah, son of a <laughs> <Yeah>. bitch." <laughs> Uh, Ian Tracy's character it's like look I don't know how you knew it but uh, he says well I'm from the future yeah like uh, okay whatever yeah 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 yeah. well I mean that's that's always kind of like the you know a clever kind of ploy that they can do in time travel shows where the person actually says exactly where they're from and tells them the truth and people are always like yeah okay whatever you know like hey I tried to tell you 
But then he later witnesses Detective Gower, who is, again, I think from Dark Angel. I'll have to look that up. He witnesses him having a heart attack. And you can see that, you know, this angst that Philip, on the one hand, wants to help him and, in fact, tells him, we considered you as a host. So it's either that he can't or he won't help him. And, of course, the can't part, I guess we have to start looking at the whole thing with time travel of altering events and changing future events. And, and again, this is something that, that we'll see if the writers, you know, that whole idea of changing events with little relatively inconsequential people doesn't really change anything. It's when you alter the major players, the major historical figures. So, Either right. way, he decides he's not going to help. But but yeah, but it still certainly brings up the issue of well, wait a second, your your whole purpose is to change things, but you can't like you like you you don't you refuse to. And again, it's not refuses in cold because he's really sad. You know, you see, he starts to cry. Yeah, um, as he he has to let him die, but um, but he's just I can't I can't do it. But yet they can. Their whole intention is to change things. So, you know, it's just like it's... it's Right, but we don't know what their plan is. Do they have a plan? Are they following orders? If they know these specific times of death down to the second, what else do they know? So when he says, I can't, you know, maybe, maybe he recognizes that literally he can't. Yeah. I mean, obviously he could, but he can't. Right. So now the next character we're introduced to is Carly who is this young mother. She, we see her with a crying baby. And not only does she have to endure this crying baby, which has just been thrust upon her as she's come from the future, but she's also got a physically abusive boyfriend. Yeah. And really bad. Right. So we see that before the countdown. So this is actually Carly. And he strikes her, and again, that's, we assume, what would kill her, a blow to the head. I think she hits the counter or something. Uh-huh. And then, boom, he immediately can sense she's different. Yeah. And and fortunately for him, he leaves before anything further occurs, but the next thing we know, she's Googling how to take care of an infant as if she's forgotten how, which didn't she didn't forget, she just never knew. Right, right. Yeah, and, um, but you know, yeah, it is funny because of how you know people like kind of right away recognize the difference. You know, like like she, it's not like she did; it just stood up and she had a look in his eyes, and he immediately was like, "Oh, okay." You know, it, it, again, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, we we see she takes his car at one point. She uh, suddenly, and it certainly surprises him that she's got these self-defense skills and and you know he's some sort of of police officer whether he's a rent-a-cop or whatever i think he carries a gun i mean he certainly got a a, a uniform but right. no he uh, looks like yeah he looks like a cop right but like philip we see her acknowledge that she's a traveler confirming her arrival so whatever there's somebody that's already there that they're letting know we arrive safely and of course we find that it's FBI agent Grant McLaren. And and this is, I think, my favorite reveal in the entire episode, of course, played by Eric McCormick, who we were talking about from Will right. and Grace. So 
we see these FBI agents and they're investigating encrypted communications that they discover in the deep web that use the word travelers and a GPS that, that leads them to a building downtown. So that's what gets him on the case. His, his partner, I think he says, uh, look, can you handle this? I've got to go to court or something like that. So that, so that's how, uh, McLaren gets involved with it by himself and on the one hand, this is something that drives me crazy about all cop shows. Okay, you got a bunch of dangerous people, and you're going to go by yourself. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Except we know why he does it, right? So he tra- right because he tracks down one of the dark web messages to Trevor's home. Mm-hmm. Speaks to his mother; he's not there. He calls the cop that busted Philip and asks him to watch him. And then tells McLaren that Philip won $92,000 in the lottery. And we're like, okay, okay, understandable. So it's like McLaren tracks each one down one by one. And it's apparent that he sees that they're all going to meet that evening in this abandoned building. Right. And, you know, he thinks he's tracking a terrorist cell meeting in this abandoned building. And this is, we get to the closing. again, going in alone. Yeah, exactly. But. He's confronted by the four who tell them the truth about traveling from the future to save their dying world. And I still, you know, even watching it a second time, I'm still a little confused because on the one hand, he doesn't believe them, but they detail his recorded death. And then his countdown begins. We have work to do. Right. And so, you know, what, what led him there? I mean, was that chance or was he already in place? I mean, it, it well, seemed as if he went through, he had his own countdown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to be there anyway, right? Because he was, that's where he chased. Right. He was going to fall down the right. elevator shaft. Right. Um, and, but they already took care of the killer and maybe they, you know, purposefully led him there by, you know, allowing him to, you know, figure out the codes or whatever. See that that part's not exactly clear. Well, well, I think I guess it's just that they all uh, again, they all were given orders, so they were all part of it would appear the same team, a team of 5. And, you know, the bodies were all chosen for a particular reason, so again, there was a plan somebody, right. you know, back in the in the future sent them to this point and well, yeah, I mean, so he, like time travel, right? You know, um, because they they didn't need to lure him there. He was going to be there. He was going to be chasing down the killer. Right. But uh, see, they, they didn't lure him there. They were just drawn there. But you did know, they almost... Because he wasn't there to chase the killer. He was there to chase them. Right. 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 So they did lure him there. Though they well, might not have intentionally done it. You know? Exactly. Right, right. But as know. you said, that, no, 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 that's that's it exactly. I mean, you know, they knew once they arrived that they were supposed to go to this warehouse. But um, yeah. you know, that that's how they met up <laughs> right. with him. Right. I mean, that that was But it's cool, but he was like he he was pro- had like the snazziest lines in the show and was probably like the I thought like kind of like the most he seemed like when he, his scenes 
you could tell like he was like, here's an actor who knows his stuff. You know, there's a guy who's been around. All right. So who do you think is going to be in charge of the team? Him. Why? Just because he's got a suit on? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems like, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. Well, also because he's got now access to the FBI or whatever, right? Yeah, sure. So, I I don't know. Right, so we've got... But but I guess maybe I'm thinking because, well, if anyone, it seemed like maybe Philip was kind of in the lead here, but not really. But, you know, it doesn't seem like really either of any of the four original ones were really kind of stepping up as a leader. So that's why I guess I'm kind of thinking like they were waiting for him and now he can, so he can come and be there, the leader, you know? To show me the way. Yeah, I guess. It's crazy. So here's another thing, okay? So the people aren't dying, actually, right? Because the the traveler enters right before the host dies. Correct. And then they take over the host's mind. But, you know, we raised this possibly before. I mean, is the host still there, right? Right, Under, underneath. You know, it, it always takes me back to Dollhouse. Right. And, you know, how they stored the original thoughts and consciousness on a disc to be reinstalled when the when their five years was up with the dollhouse. But did things start to bleed through? I mean, that's what we saw with Echo. Right. So you wonder. I mean, I mean is it just, is it over top? Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they'll go there, but certainly leaves that possibility open you know yeah yeah so we've got fbi agent we've got a young mother who you know seems to be struggling with a with a an infant we've got a high school quarterback with a concussion that and the hot apparently girlfriend. and the hot girlfriend apparently can't play football anymore uh we've got the junkie and we've got the girl that was intellectually challenged who now not so much. Not so much. But likes to walk around naked. But likes to walk around naked. So so what are you thinking after the first one? Well, well let me let me ask you, what's your what your son think about? Is he well, we, psyched he, to see episode two? He he only watched like the first five minutes and he had to go. Oh, okay. Um so I don't know. He he's so actually he, into the magicians right now. So So you told him you missed the naked girl. <laughs> that, that's all the inspiration he would need, I think. Now, are you are you watching the magicians? No. Oh, okay. I might. I mean, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk at the end. I want to talk about. I, I actually picked up some shows. I I, I drafted some uh, some some members to uh, replace some of the the cuts I've recently made. Okay, but uh, well, I don't really have anything else to say about this one. I mean, I think a, as an episode that really sets up the rest of the season i think it did a great job you know knowing what i know that that they really do kick it into high gear pretty much right away uh, in episode stop, two just stop with that just well no no i'm not going to say anything i'm just saying don't even suggest I, it well don't don't, don't act like you know what's going to happen next what's gonna suck so <laughs> all right anyway but that uh, that's all i got to say on this one so right. you know, anything else you want to throw uh, i just want to say that you're right uh, Gary Chalk, who played Detective Gower, did indeed play Walter. Okay. The unlikely lover of Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. So, uh, I, miss the, I miss that show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. 
It's a good show. Good times. All right. So it sounded like you had something else you wanted to uh, mention about shows here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I got to start with. So, you know, I've been dropping shows left, right, and center. uh, But a couple have popped up that piqued my interest. And a lot of shows piqued my interest. But um, so I just went to go for it. So I'll I'll do it in, in order of most recently watched. So the new 24. I uh, had two episodes, and uh, I originally tried to record it after the Super Bowl, but ended up having to record half of the Patriots um, prancing about afterwards. So I deleted it, but they showed it again later. So I recorded it again. Okay, and this is Legacy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's pretty good. Uh, okay. You know, like you got the the heart pumping, just like the old show used to do, uh, at least in the early days of it. So, you know, so far, so good. We'll see. It's okay. on. It's it's on. Uh, still in the tryout stage, but it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, second one, Powerless. Have you heard about this one? I have. Yeah. Have you seen it at all? I have not. Ah, it's funny as hell. It's really good because Alan T- T- Tudyk. Tudyk. Yeah. Uh, you know, plays. And we know as Wash. Right. Uh, but now he plays Bruce Wayne's cousin, I think, and they're running a division of Wayne Enterprises that. Uh, is not so successful. So, okay. I don't know. But it's just a, so it's a show that takes place in superhero world, but these are not superheroes. That It's just regular people and everything. It's actually okay. a pretty funny show. But last, and by no means least, the, the show that has just blown my mind right out of my head is Legion. That show is, was just, uh, like, I, I watched, I, I've, I've watched the, pilot i watched it like twice in two days and i mean i feel like i want to watch it like another 10 times it was so good well i think that is going to be the next show that i give a shot you should uh, definitely give a shot i mean like i how many episodes of air just the one just the one okay um you know i could i could see it be the case where the pilot just knocks it out of the park but then where does it go from there you know like i could but i don't think because it's just so yeah i don't know it's so i mean just the pilot was awesome though it had two awesome montages uh over classic rock songs so it starts off with happy jack by the who sure and it's kind of doing this montage that follows this kid's life up until his adult. So it's basically, we get all the information of this, his whole life, basically the, the necessary information, no dialogue at all, just as a montage over happy Jack, which was really cool. And then later he meets a girl, like he, he's in an insane asylum and he meets a girl named Sid Barrett. Nice. Right. Like just right there, like that in itself, like just, just, I was I'm like, in. this show, yeah, exactly. The show's incredible. Um, and so as their relationship evolves, it plays um, She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones. Wow. Which is like the most underrated Rolling Stones song ever, but it's it's like one of my absolute favorites. Um, so, I mean, so it really like, and that was just within the first probably like half hour. Wow. Satanic Majesty's Request? Is it on that? Yes, album? yes, yeah. I think that's the album it's on. I, I didn't really know that. I just I had to look up uh, what what album it was on. Wow! 
But uh, sounds awesome, man. But yeah, you should definitely check oh, it out. I'm, it was, I'm writing it down. I've actually I've already written it down. So <laughs> I mean, it was it was really really good. I, I didn't. I don't know if I was expecting it to be like you know the the, the advertisers for it. It looked awesome, obviously, but there's tons of crap shows that the you know the advertisements for it looked great. But uh, and I believe there was a movie that apparently didn't do so well. That was oh yeah. A, the same kind of premise and i don't even want to talk well, about the premise i know i know a little bit but i i don't even want to get into talking about it so yeah well uh, the, the thing is also that um like you know it's based on a a comic book but i don't i don't know like i'm not familiar with this at all right so you know it's just like you know it's just well, cool. dude i'm gonna give it a shot for sure all right yeah so all right. Well, anything else? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. I I think it it. Well, you tell me if I'm wrong. Is something to do with fallen angels? I don't know. We don't know yet. Oh, you don't know no, yet. No. Okay. Right now, it's basically this guy who's kind of been trouble all his life, and he hears voices, so he's in a mental institution, and um, he meets this girl and. By the end, we don't know what's actually going on, you know. Yeah, another um, one. But, uh, but yeah, so the mystery is just, you know, they just set up this whole mystery and everything, so. All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for us tonight. want to thank you for joining us, as always. Love to hear from you, follow-ups about any of the Librarians episodes, certainly the Traveler's premiere. Anything else you think we should be watching, uh, obviously you should take Wayne up on his suggestion to check out Legion. I certainly plan to. Uh, encourage you to join the Facebook group. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to discuss season one, episode two of Travelers titled Protocol 6. But until then, three seconds. <laughs>